Hello and welcome in. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Prairie and Smith podcast. Week 8 of Sunbelt action. It began on Tuesday night with South Alabama's blowout of Southern Miss and continued last night with James Madison and Marshall's heavyweight clash. Tomorrow, we continue or continues with a strong slate of games, including two that are going to be on national television. Caden and I are looking forward to diving into those matchups shortly. But before we do, we wanted to tell you about Wednesday's episode. We sat down with Georgia State quarterback Darren Granger for the latest in our Sunbelt Athlete Series. If you missed this one-of-a-kind interview, you're going to want to make time to give it a listen. Today on episode 134 of the show, it's time for our Week 8 preview presented by Lafayette Travel. We're excited to preview our Game of the Week between the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and Georgia State. We'll break down ODU's chances to upset App State and touch on Coastal Carolina and Georgia Southern's matchups on Saturday. Caden, we're going to save the midweek games for Monday's episode, but we've got multiple interesting games coming up tomorrow. Why does Saturday's slate of games have you excited right now? Other than it just being another great weekend of ball and one of the best conferences out there, I think a lot of it has to do with kind of the position all these teams are in. I feel like a lot of these teams are either going to be fighting to prove that they are the teams that we saw last week and in previous weeks, and some teams are also going to be proving maybe they're not the teams we saw after coming off of some losses. So some teams are coming off bye weeks too, which I think makes some of these teams particularly dangerous. And I think it's just another week of figuring out how these teams stack up against each other, some contrast of styles, and just some overall great matchups in the conference that I think will not disappoint because they have not disappointed throughout this season, that's for sure. Well, Caden, uh, you know, after two weeks of not much controversy in our power rankings, uh, there was definitely a little bit of controversy this week when we dropped our rankings on Wednesday. Let's jump into our power rankings for this week, Caden. And the big talking point, I think the biggest piece of controversy was how we currently view Georgia Southern and Georgia State. Georgia Southern, if you remember back to last week, they were sitting at number four. We actually had them moving up to number three. That was more of a symptom of you know, Marshall having that disappointing game to Georgia State. Georgia State jumps all the way up to number four. They were at eight last week. What are your thoughts right now on Southern versus State? Maybe who's that second best team in the East behind James Madison? Yeah, we've definitely seen some changes to that contender spot we were talking about before as far as the next teams in line that were competing for that top spot with James Madison, Troy, and now Marshall, who's kind of bumped themselves out of it with their recent play. But I think when you look at State and Southern, you just love it from a rivalry standpoint, seeing those two teams playing each other soon and seeing them next to each other in our power rankings, kind of eyeing each other across the state. But I think when you look at Georgia Southern, I mean, they lost to James Madison, and I feel like James Madison is going to hand a lot of losses out to teams in these power rankings, and you're not going to really see us fault teams for it because I think that a lot of teams are going to lose to James Madison this year. A lot of teams are not going to have their way with the Dukes, and I think the, the Eagles are just the next one on that list. I don't think they should be harshly punished for that, but I think from a power ranking standpoint, you have to give a, a, a nod to Georgia State for them having the performance they had against a Marshall team who we've seen is now slipping a little bit, but in general still garners a lot of respect in this conference. And they beat them in dominant fashion, kind of beat them in their own game, pulling away late and kind of imposing their will on them. So that's kind of how I think we view the state and Southern thing. I could see that very much going interchangeably, but interchangeably between the two. But I think when you look at Georgia Southern, their offense is still super high flying, super prolific, and is going to be very hard for teams to stop. You could say the same about Georgia State and how they've come along as well. Both defenses have improved from last year. I think that pick is kind of more of a style thing, but I think the main reason why we have Southern over State is just because you can't really knock a team, I think, for losing to James Madison these days. Hey, the fun thing, Caden, about conference play is next Thursday night, we get to settle this on the field when Georgia State and Georgia Southern square off in Statesboro. 
Kate, another big mover this week, and we waited to release our power rankings until after Tuesday night's game, and that was South Alabama. They jump up to number five. We had them sitting as kind of that second best team in the West right now. Kate, and this is a Jags team. They've put up 110 points in their last two games. Are they back to being legit threats in the West? I think it might be too soon to call them legit threats, but I think from the past two weeks of action, we've seen them handle business in a way we hadn't seen them handle it in the beginning of the season. They had issues at the start of the season kind of playing to their competition. We saw that in their game at moments against Southeast Louisiana. We really saw it against Central Michigan. And now in the last two weeks of the season, they took care of business handily against UL Monroe and handily against Southern Miss and what I would call the most dominant performance I've seen in conference play this season. We can talk a little bit later in future episodes about how just poorly Southern Miss looked in that game, but you have to tip your calf off the Southern or South Alabama rather for just absolutely displaying dominance in every element of the game, whether it was offense, defense, the line of scrimmage, skill players, even when their backups came in in those late third and fourth quarters, they look like they have depth that can maybe carry them into next season and has Kane Womack and the boys probably really excited. So South Alabama is taking care of business. Now we'll learn a lot more about them when they face some of these contenders coming up like Louisiana and Troy. But I think right now them taking care of business is a great sign and they're definitely trending in the right direction as far as conference contenders compared to what we saw in the start of the season. Okay, let's talk about a team that's trending in the wrong direction at this time of year, and uh, it's Marshall. They were our biggest dropper in this week's power rankings. They dropped five spots from number three all the way down to number eight. Okay, that defense has been really disappointing, and when they can't put up, you know, or play well on defense, their formula just isn't ready to put up high-scoring affairs every game. Yeah, when we saw their game and their performance against Old Dominion, we were like, okay, this is a little fluky situation where it was just a a game where they were giving up a bunch of big-time rushes. It was a back-and-forth battle that they eventually pulled out in the end. Then against NC State, it was like, okay, well, it's kind of a similar performance, not very good for them, but they're also playing a very established ACC school that has a great defense and some some great national attention from that front seven. But then the last draw, I think, for us in the power rankings was Georgia State when they continue to put forth a 40-point defensive performance again and just not look like themselves. So that's half the resume this year. We had them at the top kind of because of what they did last season. But this year, half the year, they just haven't played up to their standard. And that's why you drop five spots if you're a Marshall team. Caden Southern Miss, I think they just secured their spot at number 14 for the rest of the year with uh, that performance against South Alabama. Well, as we promised, we'll be previewing the remaining four matchups in week eight of Sunbelt football. Let's not waste any more time. It's time to jump right into today's preview. All right, everyone, like we promised, we'll be previewing each of the remaining matchups this weekend. And Caden, we get started with the game of the week between Louisiana and Georgia State. I know that this is a matchup that you're really excited to watch on Saturday. It's going to be on at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on ESPNU. Caden, Louisiana, they've never lost to Georgia State. The Ragin' Cajuns enter play 3-0 and at home this year, and they're 27-5. and at Cajun Field since 2018. I know you've played in some tough games down there. Georgia State's trying to become bowl eligible for the fourth time in the last five years. Caden, before we jump into the nitty-gritty of this matchup, let's look big picture because in our season previews, Louisiana was a a six-and-a-half win total team. Uh, We said back then that they were near lock to get to a bowl game. I feel confident about that. Georgia State was a a five-and-a-half win total team. We said that they needed to take care of business early. They've done that and now giving themselves a chance to get into a bowl game. We didn't expect, though, both of these teams to be squarely in the title contention heading into week eight. They both are. Caden, their upward trajectory, it's great for the Sun Belt. 
Yeah, if you're a fan of both of these teams, you have to love the direction both of these teams are going right now, especially given the expectations heading into the season. We kind of had some clues and some conversation with the coaches and their personnel that they might have something special this year. But just compared to last year, it was hard to forecast that these teams would now be in the position they're at now as kind of legit contenders. When you talk about Louisiana, they're coming off of an impressive win against Texas State and coming off of a bye week. You just have to love that in the spot they're in if you're a Louisiana fan. We talked about it before when we talked about that game afterwards, but we just saw flashes of championship DNA that you haven't seen from this team since their earlier days with Levi Lewis at quarterback, and now they have a new quarterback that seems like he's taken the helm in that spot. They have tons of fight in the second half of that game. They showed the ability to come from behind. They played a really good complementary football between their offense, defense, and special teams, and their quarterback, as we mentioned, is seeming to have some stuff figured out. So I'm sure the fan base in Lafayette is probably asking themselves how far they can take this year, and they rightfully should ask that. They stubbed their toe against Old Dominion in week two, giving up a ton of big plays and losing in that shootout. But from that game forward, Zeon Chris came into the fold, and this team has scored 40 points in back-to-back weeks. They went toe-to-toe with Minnesota and played well for the most part in that game, and then they had that impressive win against a Texas State team who we thought was kind of vying for that top spot in the West. So you have to like what's going on in Louisiana. You have to love it as well in Atlanta, talking about the similar upward trajectory that this team has showed. They really responded to their tough and very respectable and only loss of the season to Troy with an absolutely masterful performance against a Marshall team where their offense made a historically good defense looked quite average. We know that's been the trend lately, but that's still Marshall. That's still a team they usually don't get the best of, and they did it just kind of getting over another hurdle, I think, as a program right now. We have all the confidence in the world, I think, and their duo in the backfield with Darren Granger and Marcus Carroll, who we've talked about at length. They're passing the ball more than ever as a result of Granger's improvement as a passer and his evolution. It's the most balanced attack they've really had since they've joined the Sunbelt, I feel like. And their defense has been stellar at stopping the run and been a very solid I think, and shown flashes of some good stuff in the secondary, especially thinking back to that game against Coastal Carolina. So I think most importantly for that team, it's the swagger that we've seen. We kind of talked to Darren Granger about how they're kind of coming to take games now. They're not getting it handed to them. You see them growing into those winning expectations and that championship mindset. And I think UL looks like they're kind of reverting back to their championship ways too. So just a super exciting time for both of these programs. And I think it only adds more juice to this matchup. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, more juice overall in the Sun Belt as well. Just so many competitive teams this year. Some in the media have called this the, you know, the deepest conference in college football, and it's hard to argue. Kaden, uh, we're going to see a ton of power run game in this contest. Uh, UL leads the Sun Belt in yards per game at 224 per game. Georgia State's fifth right now at 186. Jacob Cabote, you know, leads UL with, uh, you know, 73 yards per game and four touchdowns this year. Uh, you know, the running back by committee for Louisiana has been huge. Darren Granger talked about it on Wednesday. We've seen Georgia State primarily use a one running back system. Marcus Carroll, 10 touchdowns, 742 yards on the ground this year, second only to Kamani Vidal. Georgia State's coming off that 240-yard game, three touchdowns versus the Herd. Louisiana, they've run for 200-plus in four of six games this year. Caden, if you like ground-and-pound football, this is the game for you. It definitely is. And you could very safely say that whichever team runs the ball better in this game will win. And you talk about it. It's the committee of UL versus kind of the duo of Georgia State. The legs of both of these quarterbacks in this game are going to be on full display, which I think is super exciting. It's just a good Sunbelt quarterback matchup, whether it's design runs or scrambles. I expect to see the chains constantly moving in this game. The more and more these quarterbacks are put in positions and and maybe a close game where they're going to need to convert and move those chains. These both of these guys are super capable. You're going to have to spy both of these guys, and I'm really excited to see both of them work. I mean, both of these guys are these teams' respective second-leading rushers, so the value they bring with their legs can't be understated, but 
Louisiana, as you mentioned, boasts the conference strongest rushing attack, and they do it with their committee. Jacob Cabote has been kind of like that physically imposing, bruising runner that's just been super effective at the point of attack this year and getting on the second level and really making some things shake with his legs. We talked about Draylon Washington at length as a younger, more dynamic back this offseason. And when he's been healthy this year, he's been super effective. He's really kind of been a nice changeup to Cabote in the backfield. And then you mentioned Zylan Perry, too, a young guy who's shown flashes. He's definitely their speediest back, has some speeds and versatility, played great against Texas State where he had seven to carry and found the end zone. So this running back room has a little bit of earth, wind, and fire. They have a little bit of everything. They have a quarterback that has legs as well. So I'm really excited to watch them perform against a front seven that's played really good this year as far as stopping the run. And for Georgia State, they don't have a committee. They have Marcus Carroll. All those touches that go around in Louisiana, there's only one plate in Atlanta, and it all goes to Marcus Carroll. In the nation right now, I believe that only a couple people have more carries than him. I believe he's fourth or fifth in the nation when it comes to carries and touches right now. But he's an absolute workhorse. It's fourth in the nation. That's right. And 700 700 yards, like you mentioned, 10 touchdowns. We talked about his balance of speed and athleticism and size that Darren Granger was raving about that presents a ton of problems to tacklers. And I think there is a lot more pressure on him. I think when you look at the committee UL has, they have some guys that maybe if they can't get going, they can spread it around, but it's pretty much all on Marcus's shoulders. So really excited to see how he steps up in this game in an important game and see if he can answer the bell and get another classic hundred plus yard rushing performance and getting some touchdowns. So we know he's going to get the ball a lot. We know Darren Granger is going to have a lot of responsibility. And I'm really excited to watch both of these teams kind of try to outrush each other in this matchup. Hey, many a teams have tried to shut down Marcus Carroll this year. Not many have been successful so far. Caden, in the Sun Belt, there's been so much talk about transfer portal quarterbacks this year. TJ Finley, Jordan McLeod, Davis Brin have gotten a ton of the hype, but Zeon Chris has been the biggest quarterback story of the year right now. He takes over for Ben Wooldridge. Now he's arguably a top five quarterback in this league right now. He's responsible for 1,100-plus yards of total offense, 12 touchdowns. He's been averaging about two per game. Caden, he's hung tough against Texas State, against Minnesota, against UAB, etc. Can he keep performing at this high of a level? That's the question that needs to be answered, No, I mean, he's passed all of the tests right now other than beating a Power 5 opponent as a young quarterback that's coming into his own. And if he keeps getting better and improving, you can definitely say that this is a guy who can lead this team to the heights and success they've seen in the past. The turnovers were an issue early for him. He had none in the last game, and he also threw for three touchdowns and ran for a touchdown. I think we're starting to see him not just become a facilitator and a manager of this offense, but kind of the catalyst and the engine of this offense in the last couple weeks. He, weeks. he completed the, He's completed the ball at a very high rate the entire season. He sprays the ball around to a multitude of targets and keeps defenses on his toes in that regard. If you have two hands, Zion will throw it to you. He'll get you in the right spot. And I think when you look at him, his maturity is just beyond his years in terms of poise and leading this team in comeback fashion, which is huge, I think, for not just this offense, but this team. For the rest of the season, they'll look this kid in the eyes and they know that he's led them to comeback wins and they'll have an elevated sense of trust and security knowing that he has the ability to make the right decisions when they matter the most. So can he repeat last week's performance as the elevation of the stakes keeps raising? We'll see. But right now, there's no reason to bet against it. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Zeon Chris has been a huge addition for that Raging Cajuns team on offense. Kane, let's make picks on this game. Uh, UL comes in a two and a half point favorite over under at 58. I normally let you go first, but I'm going to switch it up here and go first here. Louisiana, for me, is they're a scary team coming off this bye week. Uh, They really showed us a lot versus Texas State. I feel like they've probably opened up the playbook a little bit more during the bye week. I've got Zeon Chris having another big performance in this one. I think the run game is going to be too much for Georgia State. So give me Louisiana to win and cover. I'm going to take the over in this game. 
Yeah, this is a tough one. And if I was a better and I'm encouraging betters, definitely stay away from this one. This is going to be just a great game that you want to just watch and sit back and let these teams go after it. But I think there's a ton of reason to pick Louisiana. They're at home. It's at night coming off of that last game. And just especially given the, the direction they're going in as a team. I love what they're doing over there, but I think I love what Georgia State's doing a little bit more. Louisiana is definitely scary coming off of a bye week, very similar to how Georgia State was scary against Marshall. But I'm going to go with just a little bit of an experience edge as an entire team. This team has some big time transfers like Kevin Swint on the other side of the ball on defense. Obviously, Darren Granger, their veteran, moving the change probably a little bit more effectively than Zeon Chris in the bunch. So give me Georgia State to win this one, which means they cover. But I'm going to take the under on the points. I think this is going to be a game in the trenches, both teams and their front sevens probably come to play and it's a little bit tougher for each of these teams to get rushing yards than they're used to. Hey there, Sunbelt fans. Are you ready to score big with an unforgettable getaway to the heart of Louisiana's Cajun and Creole country? Look no further than Lafayette, Louisiana, your ultimate destination for football, fun, and fantastic memories. Immerse yourself in Lafayette's vibrant culture, savor the mouth-watering Cajun cuisine, and cheer on your favorite Sunbelt team. Visit Lafayette, Louisiana, where every day is a touchdown celebration. Head to LafayetteTravel.com slash Smith to start planning your ultimate Sunbelt football getaway. Second game of the week, Caden. Old Dominion versus App State. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. It's going to be on NFL Network. Caden, when you look at this matchup, App has never lost to Old Dominion. They're 3-0 all time. Uh, they won 27-13 in Boone last year. Both of these teams right now sitting at three and three. This feels like that fulcrum point of both team seasons. ODU has a two and one record in Sunbelt play this year. They haven't played in 11 days. App hasn't played in eight days. Caden, on Monday's recap, we spoke about how big of a loss Nate Noel was for App State versus Coastal Carolina. His status continues to loom really large over this game. He's amongst the best running backs in the nation this year. He's averaged 130 yards per game with four touchdown runs in games that he's played a, a large portion of. Caden, how big of an impact is his potential loss, and what should they do on the offense if he can't go? Oh, it's a huge loss. I mean, we saw last week without Nate Noel, it was clear that they were definitely missing a piece and a dynamic to their puzzle and their offensive success that we'd seen throughout the season. Without him, they lose a ton of versatility out of the backfield as a pass catcher, catcher, and they really lose his like home run hitting ability where he can rip off long runs, create some great explosive scoring plays that we've seen in huge moments in the past. You think about, you can close your eyes and just picture this kid running for over 40 yards and getting into the end zone against North Carolina in a multitude of ways in a multitude of different seasons. So I think not having that piece is a huge loss. And I think this backfield as a whole has a variety of different weapons you like, but I think they all kind of serve as complementary pieces to Noel, and they aren't really necessarily going to be that top guy in the batting order. You love Amani Marshall as a big time back on third down who can get you some yardage. You love what you've seen from Haywood and a younger guy, um, Kanye Roberts, this season working between the tackles. But Nate Noel is their guy. He's their lead dog. And I think this offense is definitely a lot different without him. Last week, we saw that when he wasn't in the game and their offense was getting stagnant, 50-50 jump balls to Dalton Stroman really saved them when their offense wasn't really getting the chains moving, whether it was a pass interference, a penalty, or him coming down with the ball. So I think a return of Nate Noel could definitely help with some of those struggles we saw against Coastal Carolina, especially in the red zone when it comes to scoring touchdowns versus kicking field goals or converting those fourth downs. But I think if he's not in this game, you definitely have to just open up the playbook and allow Joey Aguilar to cook a little bit more and operate more in his scheme as far as getting more quickly into the passing game on early downs. I think the run game is still going to be there when they need, whether it's short down yardage, but I don't think they should be able 
be able to expect getting four or five yards consistently on first downs to kind of set themselves up. So I think he definitely changes his status as a, as a running back, definitely changes the status of this offense as a whole. And I'm very curious to see if he plays this game, a lot less worry. But if he doesn't play in this game, how does Coach Ponce and that staff really decide to dissect things a little bit different, differently? Because this Old Dominion uh, defense, like I mentioned, has been over or underrated rather in the past and is always willing to put up a good fight and definitely did that last year against this offense. Well, definitely something to keep an eye on over the next 36 to 42 hours leading up uh, to game time. Caden, this is a fascinating matchup. You've got an App State defense that's declined as the season has gone on. Uh, they gave up 40 to ULM two weeks ago, 27 to Coastal Carolina last Tuesday. ODU's best weapon has been their unpredictability this year. We've talked about that at length. Grant Wilson, Jack Shields making that decision at quarterback. And you've got Callaway, you've got Wicks, you've got Roche have all been solid running backs this year. Seven different pass catchers with a touchdown this year for Old Dominion. Caden, how do you expect this matchup to shake out? Yeah, this is gonna be, I, th I think this is definitely where the game is going to be decided. You talk about it in the App State struggles they've had. I mean, they have not been upholding their defensive standard at all this season. You know, Coastal gashed them both through the air and on the ground. From the beginning of the game to the end of the game, their running backs were looking super effective. Their wide receivers were doing the same thing as well. And it was really just kind of open season when you look at that defense playing at home during the week on national television, just not their best performance and not their strongest showing by any means. They're currently giving up 30 points a game, which just kind of makes me sick to my stomach personally. And if the season ended today, that would be their worst finish as far as defensive scoring since joining the conference. And probably in many, many years, I did not want to go back look that far back to see if it was true but it's definitely not the standard that's been in Boone for a long time the tackling has just been poor in space the pass rush isn't quite like it's been in the past and only three teams in the league are worse against the run right now so I think like we've mentioned before if you can't stop the run in this league with all the running backs and talent we have back there you're going to have some long nights and you're going to put a lot of pressure on your offense and I think we're kind of seeing that right now in Boone as far as their offensive equation and formula has typically been great defense by that's been complimented by great offense. But when you put more pressure on an offense, that's looking a little bit undermanned as well in the backfield. That's just a lot to handle as a team right now. So I think when you look at them right now, that's kind of the reason why they're, they're not playing up to their standard as a whole team. And we joke about the unpredictability of, of old dominion, but I think they've slowly kind of worked towards that identity this year outside of the amazing game they had against Louisiana. They haven't really been able to rely on good quarterback play all season. And as a result, they've kind of leaned on that run game which has been really serviceable when you look at what Kadarius Callaway and Keyshawn Wicks have been able to do. And as a result of that, they've been 2-1 and one in conference play this year, and they're tied with Georgia State in the East if you take James Madison out of things. So their scheme has really given themselves and lend themselves to light boxes to give their wideouts some space to operate in some favorable matchups. We've seen them hit some explosive deep shots that have really been kind of the benefactor of this offense. You've seen some light boxes where their running backs are able to cook, and you've seen some one-on-one -on -one matchups where they've been able to expose it in different short bursts. So I think when you look schematically, this isn't honestly a great matchup for App State, just given how they've been playing as of late. The talent is still there for App State. The question is going to be schematically, can they take care of business? And when they do get in those right positions, if they are playing man coverage, if they are at the point of attack in the run game, can they make things work? So I'm really intrigued at this matchup, and I think there's going to be some push and pull here. Some momentum is going to be key, and ultimately it's going to come down to App State on defense versus Old Dominion's offense. Okay, and I think if you had to pick a team in the conference right now that was most likely to pull an upset on any given week, that's probably Old Dominion at this point because just never you never know what you're going to get from them. Kaden, if you were going into this game as a defensive back, you're facing a deep ODU wide receiver core. Kelby Williams, Ray Mello Murphy are the headliners. 
three guys with 20 plus yards per catch averages. What's your mindset going into this game as a defensive back? You have to play better. I mean, there's no way of sugarcoating it. This App State secondary that I very closely associate myself with is, is straight up getting picked on lately. I mean, Grayson McCall liked what he saw back there and threw for 373 yards against this unit. And he did so because the Sunbelt's worst passing offense and offense in general in ULM threw for 268 yards against them. For Coastal, guys were getting past them and they were completing deep balls behind the defensive backs. And for ULM, they were catching deep balls just on top of them, period, just 50-50 balls. So I think they're going to have to step it up, particularly out wide. The safety play has been good this year. Jordan Favors has really emerged as a young, emerging, good, solid safety for them. Nick Ross has always been consistent for them. Tyreek Funderburk had those two pick sixes and has had a great year. But I think at that other corner spot, it's been a little bit more rotating. They've been getting a little bit more picked on and isolated. So I mentioned it before. There's going to be situations where these DBs are a little bit on islands. There's going to be wide splits, and they have to kind of get guys outside of there and can't give them much more help or else the, the run game is going to be too exposed in the box. So these guys are going to have to make plays on one-on-one -on -one coverage. You mentioned a guy like Kelby Williams who caught a 78-yard bomb that was huge against Southern Miss despite their pass game not being for them, them for them all being there for them all day in the run game being there. We've seen this unit kind of be successful even without Javon Harvey as their headliner and their big play guy, but they have five different guys who at least have one reception over 40 yards. They've been really good at the big play this year and especially make an impact if this game is close. So I think one of the key matchups is going to be this App State defensive backfield versus these Old Dominion wide receivers. Definitely something to pay attention to in this game. Caden, App, six and a half point favorite on the road over under at 54 and a half. How are you leaning? Yeah, I'm still going to go with the Mountaineers here, and it's mainly because of consistent quarterback play. I think when you look at Old Dominion this year, they just have not been able to rely on that, and I think it's going to set up this App State defense to maybe turn some things around a little bit and kind of pick up where they left off last season when they played a little bit more successful against this offense. So give me App State to win this one. I don't think they cover. I think it's going to be a close game at Old Dominion Stadium. I think the over is going to hit. I think both teams are going to be a little bit more capable of scoring than we saw last year. But I think just given the roster and the talent of App State, I expect them to step up with their backs against the wall coming off of a bad week against Coastal Carolina and their quarterback, especially especially if Nando Wells there, is going to have more responsibility on him. And I think he can adhere to that challenge compared to what they have offensively going on with the Monarchs. Well, Caden, everything you just said makes me feel better about my pick. Uh, I'm a little bit uncertain about how this one's going to go, but both teams have question marks right now, as we've clearly stated. I'm going with the home team in this one. And when you look at each of App's losses this year, they've averaged 200-plus yards of rushing given up in those games. Look for ODU to have a big game on the ground. I've got ODU winning a fairly high-scoring affair that hits the over. Uh, so, you know, this one will be a lot of fun to watch, in my opinion, one of the better games of the weekend. Okay, moving on, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN+. Coastal Carolina wrapping up their first ever three-game road trip in program history. A-State leads the all-time series 3-2, to two, but Coastal's won the last two games. Arkansas State has had motivation with this being uh, their homecoming or will have motivation. Both of these teams entering Saturday at 3-3. Three and three. Caden, this might be one of the games I'm watching most closely on Saturday. And the reason why is I want to see if Coastal can continue the offensive momentum that we saw them start to develop against App State last Tuesday. Grayson McCall's coming off the best passing game of his career. If they can replicate that on Saturday, it's time. Is it time to put Coastal right back into that postseason conversation? 
I'm not going to put them there just yet, just because those two Southern, the Southern and state losses to start off the season and conference play was super tough for them. So they're going to have to rely, like we mentioned before, on some other teams winning and them to just put their head down and take care of business. But you have to love the spot they're in right now if you're a Coastal fan. I mean, Grayson's coming off of a career game, like you mentioned, throwing for a career high and passing yards, throwing two touchdowns, just displaying absolute masterclass performance when it comes to deep ball accuracy in a hostile road game, tough environment on the road, on television. You have to love that you saw that from him. And I think you could argue it was probably the best deep ball display we've seen in the conference this season. But I think most importantly of everything, it's the best he's looked in this new system. This could represent the game where it all clicks for him when we go back to seeing him revert to his old efficient ways, but doing so in this new offense. All the receivers were at his full disposal, just charged up in the last game. He was feeding all of them. And Coastal's rushing attack has really, really grown on me lately. I really liked what I saw from them in the second halves against Georgia State and Georgia Southern, but against App State, they played a complete game from start to finish with 196 yards. Braden Bennett, Braden Bennett is so back. I think he's one of the hardest guys to tackle in the conference. CJ Beasley's still in the mix. White and Balthazar are still kind of lurking. This is a deep room, and they don't have one standout guy, which is why we probably don't talk about them enough, and you don't see their names kind of on those top conference lists. But they have a, a stable of dudes, and I think if they can run the ball consistently from start to finish, I mean, Jared Brown's this team's third leading rusher, so if they're running the ball great and Grayson's playing this kind of level of football in this new system. I think it's going to be just a, a great kind of stepping off point from last week going into this week with a great opportunity going against a, off, a defense that statistically is the is the worst in this league. So I think they're in a great spot. I think it's too early to say they're back in that conversation just because of their two losses. But this is a great spot to be in, I think, if you're Coastal Carolina. Yeah, those you know pieces, again, start to click on offense. This was an offense that we were very high on in the preseason. Could they get back to that? I, I think they're trending in the right direction right now. Arkansas State's coming off of a bye week, Caden. The last time we saw them, they were scoring just three points on Troy's defense in that 37-3 to loss. A-State had just 203 yards of offense in that game. They were 4 of 16 on third down. Jalen Rayner just never got going. 15 of 27, 156 yards, and didn't have a touchdown, only 34 yards on the ground. Caden, many a team have had troubles against Troy this year. How do you see Rayner and company responding this Saturday against Coastal Carolina? I think they're actually in a really good spot as far as responding. I think Rayner really dazzled us in his first two starts playing just amazing dual threat football against Southern Miss and UMass. We know both of those squads are not world beaters by any means, but as a team from the bottom kind of looking up, you like to see your quarterback operating and playing winning football versus the teams they're supposed to. That has not always been the case for this program and a lot of other teams who haven't made bowl games in this conference in recent history, but he definitely had a reality check against Troy. You couldn't they couldn't touch the paint in that game. They couldn't score a touchdown, but Troy's only given up 10 points in the last three weeks. So there's no shame in that. But I think coming off of the bye week, this team could have some tricks up their sleeve. Butcher Jones kind of joked about switching their scheme to a triple option offense over the bye week. I don't think they're going to do all that, but I do think they're going to pull out all the stops. This team is fully healthy now off of the bye. They're three and three, just like Coastal. And this defense has improved for Coastal, but they've given up 30 in two of their last three games. So I think Arkansas State and Jalen Rayner are actually in a pretty good spot here looking forward. Yeah, I think uh, A-State fans love to hear that. They want to see Rayner continue to develop this year in hopes that this starts to lead to more wins in Jonesboro. Caden, Coastal Carolina, nine-point favorite on the road, over, under, at 61. I'll go first here. Coastal's coming off an emotional win. We saw them expand their offensive repertoire in that win over App State. Have to imagine they did a little bit more of that since then. Expect Grayson McCall to have a big game, in my opinion. I think Sam Pinckney's going to find the end zone again. 
Jalen Rayner, though, is going to give Coastal Carolina enough problems to hit the over in this game. But ultimately, I think Coastal is going to cover the spread. Yeah, the same way I was telling betters to stay away from the Georgia State and Louisiana game. I'm telling you to put your money into this one. Hammer Coastal covering here outside of the game being on the road and at night. I mean, I don't know what's not to love. Coastal's coming off of extra rest from that weekday game where their best player in school history may play be his may played maybe his best game of his career in this new look offense. This defense they're facing gives up more points, yards, and specifically rushing yards than anyone in the conference. I think this run game is going to get cooking. Vegas is always up to something. So if, if this doesn't work out for y'all, I'm sorry if you do bet this game in coastal covering. But I think this is almost the closest thing to a lock you have this week. I think it's very juicy with the points as well if you want to parlay that because I do think both of these teams are going to be able to score. So give me coastal winning, give me coastal covering. And like you said, give me the points because Jalen Rayner does have that tendency to give some defenses some problems. Okay, and last matchup we'll talk about on this preview, it's the Georgia Southern versus ULM game. It's the only game in that afternoon slot on, on Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on ESPN+. Plus. Georgia Southern enters this game with a 6-3 series advantage. They're 4-0 all-time at Paulson, actually 5-0 if the NCAA hadn't taken away their win back in 2014. But both teams are coming off tough losses. Georgia Southern has a chance to get within a win of bowl eligibility with a win. Thought this was interesting, Caden, and we'll get into the spread a little bit later on, but Georgia Southern is won by an average of 16.2 points per game when these games are played at Paulson. The spread currently 16 and a half in this game. Caden, tough defeat to JMU last Saturday for Georgia Southern. They score a season-low 13 points. It was the first game all year long without a passing touchdown. Only had three trips to the red zone. They average about seven and a quarter in their first three games of the year. Caden, they did convert 12 of 21 third down tries. They had nine more minutes of possession, but you threw three interceptions. This was their worst offensive showing of the year. Do you think they can bounce back against ULM? Yeah, they can absolutely bounce back. I mean, this offense got absolutely stonewalled by James Madison, and that happens. It'll happen to other teams. There's no shame in that. And I think right now in the Sun Belt, teams are kind of just waiting for their turn to have the same thing happen to their offense when they play James Madison. But how do they bounce back is the true question. And I think when they played their last game this season where they did not play up to their standard when they played Wisconsin and got stonewalled in that game as well, they responded with a 40-3 to walloping of Ball State. And unfortunately for the Warhawks, I think they have the personnel to get exposed in a very similar way. ULM's giving up 454 yards and 31 points per game this year, which is almost exactly what, uh, what um, the Southern offense is doing this year as far as offensive production last week they just simply couldn't score they threw for 300 yards they moved the chains well but as i mentioned in kind of the recap of that episode james madison just had a combination of over-the-top coverage from the secondary and pressure up front that i think made it very hard for this offense to operate when it mattered most especially on those third downs when they passed the 50 yard line they just could not get in the end zone despite getting those chains moving but i don't think this ulm team really has the personnel to do that i think on their schedule, only James Madison, Wisconsin really do. Maybe Marshall, if you look ahead to what kind of Marshall defense shows up in that game. But I think the Eagles are especially poised for a good bounce back game here at home in Paulson Stadium, a tough place to get wins and just kind of trying to bounce back and kind of wash that last game out of their mouth going up against a defense that they could very much do that against. And they've shown in the past that they have some deficiencies. I'm really interested, Caden, to see this Georgia Southern defense that is noticeably improved this year versus this scrappy ULM offense. Uh, Jaya Wright has really battled, you know, since he, you know, got back into that starting quarterback role. I like what I've seen from Isaiah Woolard. Uh, Tyrone Hall is having another nice season when he's not throwing things at fans. 
Kane ULM has the pieces to not make things easy for Georgia Southern in this matchup on Saturday. A lot of what this, what I'm about to say has to do with the level of competition that Georgia Southern has played this year, but, and we'll see how this unit plays throughout the rest of conference play, but I'm still going to give them their flowers right now, outside of Texas state's offense, Georgia Southern's defense is the most improved unit in the entire conference. They're the fourth best defense in the conference. Noah, in terms of yards and points per game, they're giving up just 23 a game right now compared to 32 last year. That's amazing. It's all we've been talking about is if this this defense could just get a little bit better and give this offense a little bit more help. And they've been answering the call this year. I mean, they've cre- they're creating turnovers. They have seven interceptions this year. They forced six fumbles. They need to do a little bit better job of getting on top of those fumbles. But they're getting the ball back to their offense, which is key. They're not giving up as many points as they used to, which is key. I think any you if you if you told this offense before this season, hey, just score more than twenty three point seven a game. And, and we'll be good this year. I think they would take that in a heartbeat. So you have to give them credit for that. I think getting some more pressure on the quarterbacks will be a key for them. That would make them golden this year and a really just outstanding unit, especially given how much they're on the field, just given the nature of their offense. But they are facing the league's worst statistical offense in this one. They have a chance to really keep building on this momentum they've created. But you mentioned it. Jaya Wright is scrappy. He can do some things with his legs, and he does not mind giving Tyrone Howell and Darian Wiley some chances in the pass game. So I think Southern's DBs are going to be challenged in this game, especially if they're on the field quite a bit, if their offense is cooking. But I really think the defense is in a good spot to keep improving this year, similar to the offense, especially coming off of a game where James Madison diced them up a little bit. Yeah, big big matchup in this one. Caden, Georgia Southern, uh, 16.5-point favorite over under at 58. I'll go first here. I still believe right now, Caden, that Georgia Southern is the second-best team in the Sun Belt East. Uh, they're going to prove that this weekend. I think this could get ugly in Statesboro. Bryn bounces back. He's going to throw for at least three touchdowns in this game, plus that Georgia Southern defense I think comes up with at least a pair of interceptions. Give me Georgia Southern covering the spread, and I'm comfortable taking the over at 58 on this game. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Noah. I think this Georgia Southern team is going to look to respond very similar to the Ball State game, like I mentioned, and have just a complete game both on offense and defense. Paulson Stadium, I would say, is one of the toughest places to play in the conference. Not many teams are going to be successful this year, I think, and I think ULM is not going to be one of them as well. So give me Georgia Southern to win this one. I think they'll cover as well. I expect to see a lopsided dominant performance, and I'll take the over on the points. I think they'll handle business in this one, but I think maybe we see ULM pull out a touchdown or two against a defense that's probably going to be on the field a lot in this game. So give me the Eagles to win, give me the Eagles to cover, and I'll take the over on the points. Well, that will do it for our Week 8 preview presented by Lafayette Travel. Caden and I can't wait to watch some more Sunbelt football tomorrow. Before you go, here's a quick reminder that we'll be back on Monday. We'll be dropping our Week 8 recap. We'll recap all this week's biggest games, including the two midweek games between South Alabama and Southern Miss, plus James Madison and Marshall. That'll do it for us here at the Ferry and Smith Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, Please go leave us a five-star review on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Give us five stars. Let us know what we could be doing better or what you're enjoying currently about the show. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Freire. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.